0: Welcome back to the End Times Countdown. I am your host, Pastor Matt Nichols. And Shana Tovah, Happy New Year, according to the Jewish calendar. Yep, here we sit at Rosh Hashanah and the days of Teshuvah, which is repentance, which literally means changing our thoughts, attitudes, and behaviors to line up with His thoughts, His attitudes, His behaviors, <laughs> according to His word, according to Torah. I'd like to take a break here from the Kenneth Hagin 1963 prophecy, and we'll get back to that here in the next podcast or two, but I'd like to take a break here, and I'd like to do something just a little bit different since we're in this season, and this season basically is this. It's taking spiritual inventory of who I am, of where I am right now, and making resolutions, resolving to be farther ahead this time next year, spiritually speaking, than where I am right now today, spiritually speaking, it's a an introspect. It's looking back last year. Where was I in the spirit? Um, you know, where was I in the assignment? Did I even know what the assignment of God is for my life? Do you know? There's not a single person born on this planet <laughs> that wasn't born with an assignment. That wasn't born with a destiny, with a purpose. And I've said it before that I believe one of the greatest things, one of the greatest diseases and plagues that this next generation, I'm talking about Generation Z, I'm talking about um, the upcoming Alpha Generation, oh my goodness, especially them, is absolute lack of purpose and lack of identity. It's, it's, it's alarming How these generations are literally the most powerful generations that this planet will probably ever see, but yet the most ignorant of spiritual matters concerning God. Now, they're not ignorant where it comes to concerning Satan and his things, but oh my goodness, how they're so ignorant of the creator that made them and loves them and gave them a destiny and a purpose. People wonder about Matt Nichols, Pastor Matt. They wonder why is it you're so passionate about this next generation? Why are you so passionate about end times and revelation and and uh, seeing spiritual gifts and spiritual things revived and awakened in these last days? Why are you so bent on seeing these people? Uh, switched on, if you will, to God and to their purpose and assignment? What's your your deal? What motivates you? What drives you? That's something I would like to just talk about and give my personal testimony on this podcast. I, too, was 25 at one time. (laughs) Some people might argue, but (laughs) at one time, I was 25. I was 22, Um, and I had lived my life. My life was a wreck from the time I was young all the way up, uh, probably about 22, 23. In the beginning, I was raised up in church. I was a good little Baptist boy. My parents were good little Baptist parents and we loved the Lord with all our hearts. And we went to Sunday school and we did all of the things that you're supposed to do. And then something happened. I don't know what happened. But something happened, and we pretty much dropped out of church. We became that family that was the one or two times a year family that went during Easter and Christmas. And I remember watching my parents and especially my mom just weeping and crying because she knew this is where we belong, but the lust of the world was greater than the drawing and conviction of God. And so our family went into absolute turmoil. Um, Pretty much every devil you could think of was in my house. Our house was so incredibly oppressive that it was sometimes, it just even sometimes felt as a, as a child, it felt hard to breathe sometimes. There was sickness always. There was strife always. There was abuse always. Um, and unless you've ever had your parents literally hate you, you don't really know what I'm talking about when I said oppressive. And I remember as a child um, dealing with oppressive spirits I remember as a child dealing with depression and dealing with uh, anxieties and all sorts of terrible things because of what was allowed into our atmosphere, into our environment. I remember my parents doing unterrible, ungodly things to one another and uh, adultery in my family was rampant. You might, You might be like, wow, I can't believe you're being this transparent on this podcast. <laughs> but you know what? These are the end times. And I'd like to answer the question, Matt, what moves you? What motivates you? What drives you to be like this every day? Why do you get up in the morning? Um, You know, because I've got degrees. I could do this. I could do that. The Lord favors me in everything I do. So I could go out and have a a marvelous job. I've been offered six-figure jobs all over the world because of my past and experience. But you know what? What moves me, what motivates me is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and he is the God who revealed himself to me in early 2000 when I saw a very real, very open vision of him. I heard his voice and didn't even know (laughs) that it was recorded in the scriptures what his voice sounded like until several weeks after that vision. What moves me is knowing God now and how awesome and how wonderful and how involved he is with our lives. And then seeing these next generation in the same place that I came out of, and even worse than that, I never had a little boy try to hit on me and want to be a homosexual with me. I don't know what that is. I don't know what that's like. And there's so many more devilish antichrist workings out there that I didn't know And it it, and it pulls my heart because I also recognize prophetically that this generation, my goodness, is potentially the greatest generation that this planet has ever seen. And yet the church is missing the whole thing. Leadership missing the whole thing instead of mentoring. We're putting it down and trying to suffocate. And trying to placate and trying to make you like me and trying to get you back into, well, this is how we did it kind of thing. Uh, And that's that's just the wrong way. So, of course, being a kid and growing up in that environment, of course, I started doing crazy, stupid junk. Uh, I was kicked out of my house when I was 17 and wandered the streets and shacked up with whomever I could shack up with, drinking, smoking, doing everything that you can imagine. (laughs) But I knew God. I'd had an encounter with God. I always knew him in my life. I always did. Even from a little one. I remember going and asking my Baptist parents about the infilling of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> you'd, have, you'd have thought I committed the, the abominable sin, right? The, the unforgivable sin, like, because they had no idea. I was always interested in God and I always knew his presence. Maybe this is just going to help somebody today. Maybe somebody's going to be able to identify with this podcast with my story, maybe. I always knew that God was real. I always knew he was with me. I always felt his presence, but I didn't know anything. And so I just kept going on the path that I was on, not knowing that it was the devil's desire. It was his purpose and plan for me. I think that's where we mess up is a lot of people don't realize that there are two plans for your life. One of those plans is God's plan One of those plans is Satan's plan. You think you've got a plan, but it always falls into those two categories because every desire that's in your heart is either a desire, a godly desire from him, from God, Yehovah, or it is a sinful lust that's from the enemy, that's from the devil. So think about the love of money. It is actually a lust. And if that drives you, if that's your motivator, and that's what determines your path, that's the devil's path for you. God's path is always about other people and something greater than you. And so, of course, I've almost been shot, killed, stabbed (laughs) at the wrong place at the wrong time, doing the wrong thing with the wrong people. (laughs) I got married because I thought that that would be a really good idea. Maybe that would fill this this huge hole and give me some roots and give me a family. Really, what I wanted was I just wanted people. I wanted to be loved. I wanted to be around people that would love me. Uh, for who I am I just wanted basically you know what I wanted what everybody else wants I wanted family and I didn't have that I never had that and so I got married thought that was a great idea well (laughs) shortly that went completely to pot so I decided to myself stupid decision I decided to myself well maybe if I had a kid maybe if I had a, 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 a child a kid well maybe that would fulfill something on the inside of me you know so sure enough, uh, my son comes along and instead of making things better, it actually made things worse. And that emptiness that was on the inside of me actually became a crater rather than just an empty space. And it's, I think it's sad that we try to fill our lives with things and with people and with situations and really what he's waiting for and what we really need is just to abandon ourselves and just yield ourselves over to him and let him be that missing piece. Let him be that missing link in our lives. And so long story short, all of that came to a very sudden end um, five years later. Uh, rock bottom, every dime gone, everything squandered. Uh, it, was just, it, was, it was literally picking up the barrel to find me underneath it. Well, while I was under that barrel... God kept revealing himself to me in supernatural ways that I just don't have time to give on this podcast, but I mean supernatural, amazing ways that would freak me out. Um, (laughs) And I would have to run back into the house and try to figure out what just happened. It was God still, still, even though I was running the wrong way and running down the wrong path and it was getting darker and darker and darker, he still knew me. And he still loved me and he was still trying to get me in over into his family. And so finally I found myself in a place with no money, no food. My Thanksgiving dinner one year um literally was peanut butter and crackers. And it wasn't the cute packaged kind, it was it was jiffy and some <laughs> and some Ritz crackers. Um that was my Thanksgiving dinner. I had no family, I had no friends, I had no money, I had no nothing. And here I'm sitting here, a complete failure. And finally, I started praying. And my prayer didn't look like what I was, how I was taught to pray. My prayer looked like this. I stood up and I just started walking around my island in my little mobile home, my trailer. Yep, I lived in a trailer, praise the Lord. I walked around that island, around, eyes wore a path around that, and I began to talk to God like I'm talking to you. I talked to him as though he was real and as though he was listening. I spoke to him in my own language. I talked to him out of my heart and not out of a tradition or a way that I was trained, You know, this is how you talk to God. I just talked to him and he listened to me. And from that point, my life started to change, and it started to turn around. And I told God, if there is anything about me, about this nasty, vile sinner that has done everything under your watch, then here I am. Just use me, take me, do something with this life. Because I told him this, I suck at this life thing. <laughs> and I know some people would have a, a trip if they knew how I spoke to God in those days. But you know what? God honored me and he honored me being real with him. I think sometimes we get off because we think God doesn't realize what's going on, that he doesn't hear me because I, whatever, and, and and that he He just doesn't know or he's not listening. Oh, he's watching every second. He's listening and he hears. And we think that God just doesn't understand. Oh, are you kidding me? He's with you every moment. He totally understands. That's the idea behind repentance that I can't understand about some folks because they're like, they're ashamed to go to God. Why well, are you kidding me? He was there when you did it. Why not just go to him and say, you know what? I saw you. I know that you saw me. I know that you were there when I did it. So you there, I was there. It was stupid and I repent and I ask you to forgive me for it. It floors me how, how we think we can hide things from the almighty God. I mean, really? And I didn't do that in those days. I walked around and talked to him just like he wanted to listen. And he did. And so early in the year of 2000, so we're talking about Y2K. A lot of folks may be listening and don't realize what, how big of a deal that was, but we genuinely were freaked out and scared <laughs> because we were convinced. And, and the problem was, was this was we were convinced Y2K, we were convinced that when we clocked over to the year 2000 from 1999 that all of our electronics all of our technology was going to crash that was the y2k scare everybody was scared to pieces um, because we just knew that that everything technological was going to crash it was very real it was very scary if you will Um, i remember sitting with my friends and we were having a new year's eve party and (laughs) and the, the the clock ticked away and the minutes clicked away and then all of a sudden, we it hit midnight, and, and we're all standing there and stared at each other in, in, in amazement. There was such silence, and we're just looking at each other, and guess what? <laughs> the clock just ticked over, <laughs> and technology kept going, and the computer stayed on, and everything kept working, and we just laughed. We're like, really? Are you kidding me? And I, I like to include that because a lot of people think that's what's going to happen at the end of times, Some actually think this is just a big joke and that what's going to happen on that day is that click, 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 the clock's going to go and nothing's going to happen. And then we're all just going to laugh about it again. Ha ha ha. So you remember Joe Brandt, his testimony and his vision where the earthquake happened and everybody stood there stunned and amazed and, and thought, oh my gosh, this is it. And then with this little bitty baby earthquake, they all looked at each other and began to laugh like that was it. And I'm concerned that where we're living right now, and this is why we're covering the 45 goals of communism. That's why we're covering all of these prophecies and all these things is because I'm, I'm super concerned that people aren't taking this seriously, even though it's playing out right in front of our eyes. It's unbelievable to me how you can just put this in the back of your mind and say, oh, man, I don't know, and just go on doing your life and doing your thing. It just floors me. But anyway, in the year 2000, I went to bed and I had a phenomenal visitation of the Lord. And this is what I saw. This is what motivates me. This is what I saw. I immediately was over into a city, a huge city, and I'm walking down the streets. The whole scene is black and white. And as I'm looking around, there is chaos everywhere. I was walking down a a central highway. It seemed like a thoroughfare. It was pretty big, pretty wide thoroughfare. And I remember looking up and there were buildings that were were half demolished and on fire. And I would look down the streets and there's debris and trash, dust and dirt everywhere. I looked to my right and there were cars that were overturned and on fire and it was just chaos and mass destruction. I didn't really see any people. I heard them, and they were screaming and running for their dear lives, but I never really saw anybody until uh, I looked. I turned and looked, and as soon as I turned around to my right, a man that looked like maybe Hispanic um, descent, he fell into my arms, and I caught him, and he was there, his, his, his clothes and everything was, was dirty and debris and, and so forth. And when, he, when I looked at him, I realized that coming out of his chest was blood and coming out of his mouth was blood. And though everything else was black and white, this blood was bright crimson red. And he was still somewhat alive when he landed in my arms and I looked at him and he just gasped and, and died in my arms. And I laid him down, and I pulled my arms out from underneath him, and I looked at my hands. I don't know why, but I looked at my hands, and everything still black and white, his blood was all over my hands and was dripping off, and that blood was crimson red. And immediately from that point, I was standing then off onto a cliff, a cliffside, overlooking a bay. Now, I don't know what city this was. I really don't. I... It made me think of San Francisco, but I've never been to San Francisco, and I hadn't really seen, so I don't know. But it was a suspension bridge like that, connecting landmass, landmass, and then there was a bay where the ocean was. And so I'm standing on this cliff, and I hear the roaring waves on the cliffside, and I look across the bay, and uh, huge city with massive buildings, and they're all on fire. They're all burning or destroyed, and there's smoke, and there's fire, and there's I just it haze and this bridge was cracked and busted up in different places on the rails and, and on the actual street portion of this bridge. And I heard sirens and uh, just fire and, and chaos and destruction. It was terrible. And I remember thinking at that point where I wonder where this is. And I'm just looking at it and I'm thinking in my mind, what is this? And while I'm staring at this and looking and looking over the landscape here and the sight that's in front of me, I heard this voice and I turned to my right to look standing on this cliffside and out in front of me was the entire ocean. And I heard the waves crashing on the cliffside uh, underneath me, right in front of me, but underneath. And as I looked up into the clouds, into the sky, I saw this huge cloud begin to come in And it began to, to, uh, the only way I can say it is to begin to uh, enfold into itself. So rather than than puffing outwards like you would see clouds on a time lapse, it, it actually was enfolding itself. And right in the center, it was really, really dark. The outsides were lined with light and so forth, but the inside of it was dark, really, really dark and I would see a light every now and again inside of this dark portion, the center of this cloud, and, uh, if you would like lightning and, and how lightning would flash, and you could see things you know inside of this shadowy darkness and all of a sudden, I looked up and I heard this voice, I saw, and I heard. And what I saw was the figure of a person standing there in that cloud, but completely shrouded in the cloud. It kind of in the darkness, the shadow of the cloud, so that I couldn't see literally who it was. And lightning and light was behind. And that was what was giving me this figure, the shape of this figure of this man standing there in the cloud. And when I saw, I heard, whosoever believeth in me, shall not perish, but have everlasting life. That's what I heard. And as I was listening to the voice, I got halfway through. I was listening to the voice, but at the same time, I was noticing that the voice sounded like water. And in fact, as I, I I was listening to the voice, I looked and saw the man standing in the cloud, and I heard the first portion. And because he made me realize the sound of his voice, my eyes went down towards the cliffside, and I saw the waves crashing onto the the rock there at my feet, way down. And I realized his voice sounded like waters, like waves crashing, like rivers flowing, like Uh, streams and brooks going through and across the the tricklings of the rocks and so forth. Sounded like waves. It sounded like many different sounds of water. That was what his voice sounded like. (laughs) So like my voice sounds like this and I have a specific tone and sound and, and so forth. His voice literally was made up of the sound of water. And I remember just being amazed at the voice. And then I looked back up, and with that saying, I woke up and came back to myself, and here I am laying in my bed. I'll never forget it. It was a beautiful Sunday morning in the early fall, and when I woke up, um, not trying to be gross, but when I woke up, my whole body was drenched in sweat, and it was as though I had literally got out of the shower and laid down in my bed. I know that's gross, but my body wasn't suited to handle this open vision, the presence of the Lord, even the presence of the Lord being shrouded in a cloud. My body wasn't able to handle that. And I won't lie, for about three days at least, I wasn't, what we say down here in the South, I wasn't right. I, <laughs> I just wasn't right at all. I was shaken. I couldn't think. I could not shake the sound of that voice or his message, and then on down the line, I had several other visions and dreams of the Lord as he chose and as he willed, and in one of those, I actually saw the devil. I saw Satan. He's an ugly cuss. He's not what you think, but he sure is an ugly cuss, and I saw him in a cave, and at first, it was an open cave, and then I would turn, and I would look back, and then there were bars over the cave as a prison would be, and then I turned and would look back, and then there was steel and concrete surrounding the opening of that cave with a little door, um, kind of like solitary confinement, and with little bitty window, and you could open the door and look in. And when I saw this this Satan, this devil, he was pacing back and forth, and he was mad. His whole body was literally was turning different shades of red, and I could tell that was wrath, and it was anger. But yet he was in a prison. Many things the Lord showed me over the course of this, uh, of the next few months, the next year or so of him kind of rattling my cage. This, and this is what motivates me. This is what motivates me. The Lord has prepared specific people for the end times to warn about the end times. And it just floors me that there are so many people still oblivious to the end times And where we are in in the center of time, of of God's time clock, not my time clock, his time clock. And so you ask me what motivates me. What motivates Pastor Matt to get up every morning and and do podcasts and work in ministry and, and counsel people and ask God, what more can I do? How farther can we go? Listen, I know most people will say, wow, that is amazing. That's nothing like that's ever happened to me. And maybe not, but I guarantee at some point of your life, God has been talking to you. At some point, God has been pulling at you. At some point, he's been trying to impart to you and pull out of you what is in you that he placed in you from the beginning of time. I'm telling you, so many of us don't realize the talents, the gifts The things that are in us are planted. They're God planted by him, handpicked and put on the inside of us for him and for each other. I guess maybe the point of this podcast today, number one, is just just to share with you my testimony, to share with you how much God loves you, to share with you how much he needs you in this earth. But also maybe to stir you up and to think, wow, I want, I want an experience like that with God. Uh, you know, the devil will oblige you. You can go and do your little chants and you can talk to rocks and crystals and you can uh you know join a witch's class and you can do this and do that and you watch all the horror movies and and get Ouija boards and of course the devil's gonna oblige you. Sure, he'll show up in your room and talk to you. Yep, he'll send a devil to try to possess you or or uh you know, make you do crazy, crazy junk you don't want to do, throw fear in your life and terror. Yeah, sure, there is a supernatural on the other side. There is. Oh, but there is such a greater supernatural on the other side. God did not ever appoint a man to wrath. God never appointed a man to work for Satan. God never put gifts and talents in a person and a calling and a mantle upon you so that you could serve the devil with it. I guess maybe this podcast and the purpose of this podcast is to just tell my story to you to provoke you in this season of Teshuvah, in this season of repentance in this season of spiritual inventory of this season of pulling back into god um this season of self reflection and laying yourself before god i'm telling you there's no other time like right now if you're in the place in any, any of those places I was in within the course of my life, there is no other time than right now to yield yourself over to him and to tell him, listen, I need you. I need you in my life. See, that's, that's something the devil's not going to tell you. The devil's going to tell you, you don't need him. You're self-sufficient. You come hang out with me and I'm going to give you power. You don't need nobody. In fact, in my system, the devil will tell you, you've got to run people over, and that just makes your flesh happy because that's what your flesh wants to do anyway. It's already hurt. It's already missing. It's already got parts. It's already got an empty space where God only fits, and the devil's going to try to fill it up with darkness and fear and terror all the while. Your father is over here beckoning you. Come to me and I will show you things like you've never seen in your life. Things that will put the devil to absolute shame. He'll show you things. He will fill you with his own spirit. He will guide you. I'm telling you, this is a road I would never give up for anything else on the planet. No other life to hear the voice of God and to, be, and to pray and him answer your prayers and you see it in front of your face, to lay your hands on others and watch sicknesses and diseases literally dry up or fall away. My goodness, to prophesy over a complete stranger that you don't even know under the unction of the Holy Ghost and absolutely read their mail. That's what we call it. (laughs) Absolutely tell them everything about themselves, but not just that. Tell them the future and what God says and where they're going, and then watch that play out in their lives. It is amazing. What a life. I'm just praying during this podcast here today that this somehow blesses you, and somehow it affects you, and somehow... Uh, you'll begin to seek God about that which is in you, that that he has planted in you. It's so easy. It's literally believing that he really is who he said he is, that he is the Christ. He is the Messiah. He did what he said he was going to do. And he rose again the third day and took all of your mess with him, paid for it all and set you free. Scripture says, if you believe that and you confess him openly with your mouth, Oh, you will be saved. My desire, ladies and gentlemen out there, is not for us to just understand the end times, just to get where we are in this season. Of course, I want that more than anything. That was the blood stain on my hands in my own personal vision was your blood. If I don't warn you about what's coming, then your blood is on my hands. But if I warn you and you repent, then I'm safe, you're safe, and we're going to be hanging out together in, in the kingdom of God here someday pretty short. And if I warn you and you still go on your way and say, oh, that guy's nuts. We're just another religious nut. And you never repent. The Bible says you're going to die in your sins, but I'm still free. So, of course, I want to warn because that is the mandate. That's the assignment that I was given. That's what motivates me. But at the same time, I want you to as the audience to know him on a level oh, that rare few know him that's my desire that you know him like i know him and i'd like to pray this over you on this podcast i know this is different and i know that this isn't really <laughs> this isn't really end times and prophetic and and all of that and and revelation and you know all of that kind of stuff but i i, I want to pray this over you at the end of this podcast here, because again, if this podcast is just full of people downloading and listening just because uh, end times is cool and it gives me a creepy feeling, <laughs> I get goosebumps and wooey, here we are and and whatever, um, then it hasn't done the fullness of what I believe it's supposed to do. So I'd like to pray this over you here in the the season of Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, which is to come, and in this season of Teshuvah, I want to pray this over you. Not, you know, not necessarily that, um, you know, everybody's a bunch of heathens, and, you know, <laughs> we need forgiveness for our sins. Of course, that that's you. That's all you. That ain't. That's not what I want to do here. What I want to pray is Ephesians chapter 117 on through um, 22 over you, and I'd love for you to let me do that. And the prayer is this, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, would give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, that your eyes, the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened, that your eyes, your understanding, your spiritual understanding would be full of light. And that you may know what is the hope, the expectation of his calling. I say it this way, what he's put in you that he expects to get out of you. And what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints is. What is that you would understand? You've got an inheritance. You have a kingdom inheritance if you belong to Christ. And what the exceeding greatness of his supernatural miraculous ability towards us who believes, towards you who believes according to the working of his mighty strength, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and he set him at his own right hand in heavenly places, far above all principalities and powers, every demonic rule, every name that is named. Not only in this age, but also in the age that we're fixing to step over into. And that you would know and understand that He has put everything under His feet and gave Him to be the head over all things to the church, which is His body, the fullness of Him that fills everything. You are His feet, you are His hands, you are His eyes, you are His arms, you are His body. And if he has put everything under his feet, his body, then that means everything of the enemy is under your feet. I want to proclaim that over you today. Every work of the enemy, every work of the Satan right now today is under your feet. All you've got to do is take that place and let him know what you now know and believe what he said. I pray this over you. And I can't wait to get into this new year of 2022. I'm probably going to put that on the podcast as well. Um, if not, I'm soon going to put our YouTube channel link um, in one of our descriptions so that you can join us even over there. And maybe if you like into our services and we're going to we're going to talk prophetically about 2022. It is going to be marvelous. It is going to be Wonderful. And I would love to see in this season, everybody in this audience, everybody listening to the sound of my voice today, to be in position for this next year. Oh my goodness, it's going to be powerful. And my goodness, my time is up on this podcast. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. And I would love to hear some of your story some of your testimonies in fact i'd like to take just another time i'm i know some have already sent me some things the lord has spoke to them and different links and so forth and i'm waiting to get enough together so that i can come on here i'd love to do maybe one or two special podcasts with your story oh yeah and i'd really enjoy uh being able to remark on that through the word and through prophecy and what's happening right now so i'd love to hear from you guys and you can email us um, through the description, rivervalleypc at outlook.com. And as always, I really appreciate all of you joining me here for this podcast. You you guys have made this podcast a success and allowed me to speak this word. And I, I pray that you're sharing these these podcasts and helping us get the word out. It's not about money. It's not about notoriety. It's not about any of those things. It's about getting the word out and making sure that we're all ready, that we're all awake and aware and that we're all ready i appreciate that and hope you all enjoyed this podcast and we'll see you guys next time